RD Talks, brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. My Car Won't Stop by Peter Michael Moore. Dodging the highway traffic, her runaway car was clocking more than 170 kilometres per hour. Shortly after noon, student nurse Silesia Gethers, 21, filled the petrol tank of her burgundy 1986 Volkswagen Jetta at a self-service station in southern Virginia. Then she headed back onto Interstate 95, the trunk highway that runs from Maine to Florida. A winsome woman with cropped black hair, Gethers would soon begin her final year at the Winifred B. Baldwin School of Nursing in Orange, New Jersey. She was paying her way there by working full-time for a nursing agency. For now, however, her mind was on the few pleasant days she would spend with family in her hometown of Utahville, South Carolina. On this Sunday, August 29, 1993, she had been on the road since 6am. 13 kilometres from the North Carolina border, Gethers had a strange sensation that the car was on cruise control, even though the Jetta lacked that feature. She lifted her foot from the accelerator. To her dismay, the car kept going 105 kilometres per hour. Alarmed, Gethers slammed her foot on the brake and steered towards the emergency stopping lane. Glancing down, she saw the accelerator stuck halfway to the floor. With her right toe, she brought it all the way up and slowed to a stop. She got out of the car and lifted the hood. Nothing seemed amiss. She closed it, puzzled. Gethers had purchased the four-door Jetta, her first car, eight months earlier from a New Jersey couple. It had needed a brake job and routine maintenance, but otherwise seemed fine. Back inside, Gethers reached for her mobile phone and punched 911. The accelerator on my car is sticking, she told the operator. I don't know whether it's safe to drive. Within minutes, a Virginia State Police car pulled up behind her. Trooper James Gregory had her test drive the car in the stopping lane. The accelerator didn't stick. But Gregory cautioned that there could be rust in the throttle cable and it might need lubrication. He gave her directions to a petrol station in North Carolina and followed her to the border where she gave him a thumbs-up signal. The car continued to operate perfectly. Gethers decided to get the cable oiled the next time she stopped for petrol. 30 minutes on, Gethers noticed the speedometer needle had inched up to 105, though her foot was barely touching the accelerator. Oh my God, she thought, the car's doing it again. She tapped the pedal, hoping to free it, but the car only accelerated. She wedged her toe under the pedal, but this time it did not budge. Flinging her sunglasses aside, she pressed hard on the brake. The car slowed and Gethers eased off the brake. In response, the Jetta surged ahead at more than 120 kilometres per hour. Weaving from lane to lane to avoid other cars, she kept pumping the brake, but it became rock hard under her foot. She yanked the emergency brake, but it had no effect either. Racing down the left lane, Gethers tried to push her automatic shift out of drive into neutral. It was jammed. Never had she driven this fast. She was beginning to panic. Then her chest burned and she felt the tightening in her throat of an oncoming asthma attack. I need my inhaler. Her pocketbook, where she kept her inhaler, had fallen on the passenger floor out of reach. She felt dizzy on the verge of passing out. A migraine throbbed in her head. Turn the car off. Gether's fingers strained at the key. Come on, come on. It wouldn't move. Again, Gethers pushed at the gear lever. It slipped into neutral, then jumped back to drive. 
She tried again. The lever stayed in neutral, but to her horror, the speedometer needle climbed above 145 kilometers per hour. Hot tears clouded Gether's vision. Breathing deeply, she held her asthma in check. She heard the angry blare of horns when she abruptly changed lanes. People think I'm crazy. Then she caught a fleeting glimpse of two children in a minivan, and a new tremor went through her. She prayed she wouldn't hurt anyone. Steering with her left hand, Gethers groped with her right hand until she found the mobile phone. She tapped 911, then wedged the phone between her chin and left shoulder. Ray Dixon, 50, was midway through a quiet Sunday shift in Nashville, North Carolina, when the frantic call came in at 1.26pm. Help me! I'm on 195! My car won't stop! It keeps going faster and faster! I don't want to hurt anybody! Where are you now? The caller said she had just passed a rest area that Dixon knew was 13 kilometres northeast of his location. In four years with 911, he had never encountered a situation like this. Turn the switch off. I can't! Dixon told her to put the car in neutral and mash on the brakes, but all he heard was a half-screamed, Nothing works! At a nearby console, another operator hit a button. We have a runaway car on 195, he reported to the North Carolina Highway Patrol in Raleigh. Gethers saw the speedometer needle pass 160 kilometres per hour. Cars blocked both lanes ahead. She honked the horn and flashed her headlights. But she was bearing down too fast for the drivers in front to react. In the last second, she swerved right to the emergency lane and roared clear. To her left, the median strip was thick with trees in some areas, but mostly it was an open, sloped strip about 2.5 metres wide. To her right, the ground dropped sharply away at the edge of the emergency lane. If she drove off the pavement either to her left or right, her car would flip into the air. Dixon spoke again, his voice purposely flat and unemotional to avoid adding to her panic. Keep your cool, he told her. Take your foot and hit the accelerator real hard. Gathers felt a trace of downward give in the gas pedal, but it didn't bring back up. How much petrol have you got left? Dixon asked. Half a tank. Thundering down the interstate, dodging traffic, Gathers reported a speed of 177 kilometres per hour. Then Dixon heard a scream. The left lane was blocked by a line of cars, and ahead of Gathers in the right lane were two huge semi-trailers, one following the other, fewer than 30 metres apart. Throwing the phone on the seat, Gethers swung right into the emergency lane. As she drew alongside the first truck, the jetter's right fender was only inches from a guardrail. She kept her eyes locked on the road. If I look at the truck, I'm dead. Halfway past the truck, a deafening roar in her ears, she felt her heart jump. Down the highway was a car parked in the emergency lane with a man standing by it. She would not have time to pass the second truck. She swung back onto the highway between the trucks, conscious of the blast of a horn and the hiss of air brakes from the truck behind her. Then her car hurtled straight for the truck in front. The left lane was still blocked by cars. Her eye caught a passing blur. The man at the stopped car. Immediately she swerved right back into the emergency lane and passed the second truck. Then she steered back to the main highway, still honking her horn. Gethers felt the panic overwhelming her. I'm dead. I know I'm dead. Hello, sir, she said into the phone. Can you take this number, please? Her closest friend, Gail Jackson, a nurse, held her power of attorney, and Gethers wanted her called if she died. She gave Dixon the number, then was struck by a greater fear. 
What if I kill others? Please, God, let it be me and nobody else. Calm down, you're doing good, Dixon said, just before the jetter passed out of his range. He knew that state police had been warned further south on 195. It was 1.45pm. Just northeast of Fayetteville, Sergeant Frankie Mood, 44, saw the blur of a jetter blowing past him, weaving a hair-raising path through an obstacle course of vehicles. That's her! Pedal to the floor, Moody roared after her in his big Chevrolet. Passing the jetter on the right, he swung into the left lane in front of it and accelerated, lights spinning and siren wailing to warn traffic out of the lane. Then the lanes jammed up and Moody led the jetter into the emergency lane. Gethers cringed as roadside debris hit her windshield, starting a hairline crack. She craned forward for a clear view. Then she began gaining on the cruiser. There's a patrol car in front and I'm going to hit him, she yelled toward the phone on the car seat. Tell him to get out of the way. In the same instant, Moody saw a vehicle pull into the emergency lane. Pushing on his brakes, the sergeant braced for the crash of the jetter into the back of his cruiser. Instead, he watched in awe as Gethers cut left, came within a few feet of another car and cut left again. Now in the left lane, hard on the bumper of yet another car, Gedges dodged left again. With two wheels on the pavement, two on the grass median, she got ahead of the car and swung back to the highway. It's all right, she shouted into the phone. I got around him. I didn't hit anybody. She noticed the petrol indicator hovering above empty. Just hang on, she told herself, feeling the first glimmer of hope. You can make it. Sergeant Larry Davis, a 25-year veteran of the North Carolina Highway Patrol, saw the jetter dart right to the emergency lane, shoot by two trucks and turn back onto the highway. She's a magnificent driver, he thought. But he knew that a heavy flow of traffic from a half-dozen roads always congested 195 near Fayetteville. Racing southward at 177 kilometres per hour, Davis flew to the left of two 18-wheelers, Gethers swerved to the right emergency lane between the guardrail and the trucks. Pounding back onto the highway, she rushed toward a third truck. The emergency lane was blocked ahead, so Davis squeezed left to give her room. He had all four wheels on the slanted median, driving a tilt at almost 170 kilometres per hour when the jetter shot past. For a second, Gethers' long forward view was blocked by a rise in the highway. Then she crossed over it and stiffened with fright. A patrol car in front was forging into a thicket of traffic, and his brake lights glowed. Gethers thumped helplessly on her brakes. She could not pull to the right. An unbroken line of cars blocked that lane. She was trapped in the left lane behind the trooper. To her left, the grassy median was treeless and steep. If I turn in, I'm dead. Then, eyes fixed on the rear of the trooper's car, she thought, If I hit him, he'll explode. She veered left, putting two wheels on the rough median. Gethers felt the car lurch and the wheels spin in her hands. Then she closed her eyes. The jetter rocketed down the west slope of the 8.5-metre-wide median, hit bottom, then soared up the east bank and went airborne into 195's northbound traffic lanes. One patrol car clocked the takeoff at 157 kilometres per hour. Three metres into the air, the jetter went into a belly roll, then crashed upside down onto a pickup truck heading north at 105 kilometres per hour. Bouncing off the truck, the car took another roll in the air and landed wheels down, skidding into the oncoming traffic. A white Cadillac, brakes squealing, struck the jetter on the left rear fender and sent it spinning counterclockwise for six metres. 
Then the jetter finally came to a stop, its engine silent. Gethers opened her eyes. She felt nauseated and acute pain in her stomach, but was able to move. She heard running feet. Then at her open window she saw a face. Who did I kill? she asked in a small voice. You didn't kill anybody, the trooper said quietly. Gethers gently rested her forehead on the trooper's hand on the door. It was 2.30pm, 64 minutes since Silesia Gethers had called Ray Dixon. She had travelled 184 kilometres. Gethers was treated for cuts at Southeastern General Hospital in Lumberton, North Carolina, then released. Miraculously, the driver of the pickup, Tommy Lee Wooten, 54, suffered only some neck pain. His six-year-old granddaughter, Rhiannon, was unhurt. Wooten's wife, Jo Antoinette, 51, suffered cuts and bruises to her face and a broken toe. Five young men who were in the Cadillac escaped serious injury. After a cousin picked Gethers up and drove her to Utahville, South Carolina, she collapsed into a deep sleep until early morning. Then, in a dream, she was back inside the car, flipping over and over. She awoke, gasping for breath, and turned her eyes to sunlight streaking through the familiar window. Her heart leapt with joy. I'm alive. A mechanical inspection of Silesia Gethers' car revealed a loose bolt in the transmission. It had caused the gear shift malfunction and blocked the return of the throttle, holding it open. From use at high speed, the car's brake pads had become hot, hard and unresponsive to the pressure Gethers applied to the pedal. Why she could not turn off the ignition remained a mystery because the mechanism worked normally at inspection. One explanation? In her terror, did she mistakenly turn the key clockwise instead of anti-clockwise? Gethers is sure she did not. She also said she was unable to shift into a lower gear. Gethers returned to nursing school, determined to graduate in May, and she leased a car. I wasn't nervous sliding behind the wheel, she says. Besides, I need a car to get to my job. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au Brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Listener.